Thanks for staying with us here on Newsnight. We get into our very first story for tonight. And the GA traditional council says plans for the final funeral rite of the late Queen Mother Manye Nadede Omaedro III will proceed full throttle, even as the family of the Queen has secured an ex party interlocutory injunction against them. Well, the family earlier today pleaded with the court to restrain the GA traditional council and the planning committee from handling, organizing and touching uh, the body or the remains of the late uh, Queen Mother on grounds that they have been marginalized and disregarded. Well, my colleague Michael Ashali uh, joins me in studio with details of that injunction that uh, we've, we've now seen. Uh, let's talk about what exactly the family is seeking. Well, so just to put across that this was signed by Justice Patrick Bayer and is the one who affirmed the interlocutory injunction against the party. Essentially, what well, they have been ordered that the defendants or respondents of the funeral committee, chaired by Ni Otinto II, all members of the committee, their previous workmen, assigned, and all persons through them are restrained from handling, organizing, touching, performing, or dealing with the remains of the late Queen Mother, Nadide Omedro III in any manner for a period of 10 days. Okay, well, you've been speaking uh, to the family. What's the rationale behind this? What exactly is leading to this? So, MFA, straight to the point, they feel that they have been let out in the whole process. And then again, some uh, promises have been made to them in the past and that have not been uh, fulfilled yet. So, they want to put an injunction on this. Let's have all of those rituals and those promises fulfilled, then we can go ahead. They believe that the late Queen Mother from their family and that if there is any funeral that is to be carried out or performed the family has a role to play when it comes to customary rights and other very important issues it is the family that will perform them having been notified about the death of at the planning the organization all these things were being done the family were left out they were not involved they only heard that a particular date has been scheduled for the funeral to take place but they were kicked out completely. So they decided to go to court and injunction, restraining the funeral committee from organizing, from touching the body, from doing anything or dealing with the body until the determination of the matter pending before the court. What are yeah. the reliefs that the family, substantively, what are they asking for? They are asking for a declaration that she is first and foremost a member of both the paternal and maternal families and not a member of that committee or that association called the traditional council and so that declaration should first be made and secondly that any decision leading up to her burial should be taken by the family or in conjunction with the traditional council and so they cannot be late strangers when it comes to matters relating to the late queen mother and MFA, we've also been speaking uh, to the organizers of the funeral, the chief protocol and communications uh, officer, the office of the Gamanche, uh, Paka Alote, says the funeral will proceed as planned. They are aware of this, but they haven't been served. Uh, we haven't seen any interlocutory injunction as yet. Uh, we are yet to serve, so uh, one cannot comment on what we have not seen. Okay, but, but do you know the people behind this? They claim to be family of the late Queen Mother. Well, I haven't seen the injunction, so I don't know who are the factors, but 
we have three sides of a family. The nuclear family, which is made up of the children and the parents. Then you have the father's side, then you have the mother's side. And I'm saying that in matters like this, uh, that's the funeral, uh, I don't see how children can claim to have power, don't have, particularly when you are dealing with their own The claims they make is they have been sidelined and that some of the rituals that must be made has not been done, at least on the family side. They have pulled out it by themselves. Nobody has sidelined them. Well, we're also learning tonight from him that in the past they've made attempts to reach out to this side of the of the family to try and resolve the issues, but it hasn't yielded much fruits. Definitely, we have an idea of where uh, the group of people who are likely to do a thing like that. Um, but this is not the first time they are saying this. Have you tried to mediate, talk to them in any way? Several meetings have been held with them, and they keep. Their For clarity, is the phone all coming on as planned or not? Yes, as, as long as we have not been so it is going ahead uh, from the organizers of the, of the funeral and we know that um, some businesses, especially those situated in the heart of the Gamashi, are taking steps to ensure that they comply with the wishes of the, of the gas state. A few of them have put out statements, including what will happen to schools okay. around this time. So we've seen at least um, a, a, a message from Stambik Bank, for instance, communicating um, to their clients. We joined the gas state in mourning. Nadido Maidrin view of this are Accra, Maine, Tudu, Makola, Ring Road, Mervyn Peak, North Industrial Area, Dansuman, and West Hill Mall branches will be closing at 4 p.m. this week. But you know that earlier, schools communicated uh, to parents and guardians that uh, from tomorrow, Thursday, 20 Safe and Friday, 27th October 2023, pupils will not be going to school. But there's been another communication from the schools. We've been hearing from GES also mentioning that now children can go to school. And when we heard from the traditional council insisting that it's only movements that will be restrained on Saturday and not um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as earlier communicated. So we've seen a statement, for instance, a communication from a school. Uh, one school says, um, All I hope all is well. Okay, uh, it says the amendment to the earlier information passed the general public on the funeral rights for the late queen, queen mother has been overturned. So it means that schools will go to, they will attend uh, pupils will go to school on Thursday 26th and Friday 27th uh, rather than earlier communicated. So they are asking that parents ignore any information on closure of schools. Okay, At so least that's the communication we are yes, getting. Uh, for uh, for mothers some, like yourself. Exactly. Because you live in the Gamashi <laughs> area proper. Yeah. And of course your children. So you, you made plans for this? I made plans that they were not going to go to school already um, even before you got the notice from the school yes now that i'm getting this notification from the school it looks like i have to make alternative arrangements they have to go to school thursday and friday it's saturday that movements have been restricted so no saturday classes um uh, as earlier planned you're still live your news night is on joy 99.7 fm now the chief justice getu tokonu has declined the petition of the special prosecutor kise jabin uh, to have the judge handling the case involving former sanitation minister cecilia benadapa recuse himself now the special prosecutor petitioned the chief justice citing bias and unfairness if the judge justice edward chum is made to continue with the cases involving the osp and the special prosecutor himself. Now, the court had to adjourn the case twice after the petition to the uh, CJ, but in a tweet, the OSP announced that the CJ had declined 
its petition. So what are the implications of this, considering that it appears that there's a relationship now between uh, the OSP and the judge is strained? I want to bring in my mm -hmm. colleague, uh, Richard Kodonyako, who joins us in the studio. Was the Chief Justice's decision on the petition revealed in court today? No, Evans. The response to the petition was not in court, the case was not even called at all. The OSP wasn't even present in court. But Madam Cecilia Dapa, her husband, and her lawyers were all in court hoping that a response would have been heard from the CJ by that time. But the Chief Justice at the time we were in court had not responded. In fact, the lawyers went into the chambers uh, of the judge and it was revealed that the CJ is yet to give a response to the petition filed by the OSP. And so they need to wait a little while longer. So as expected, this appointment was boldly written on their faces as they worked out of the precinct of the court. But just a few minutes after midday, the OSP tweeted that the Chief Justice had refused his petition. And I quote, by a letter dated 25th October 2023, the Judicial Secretary informed the Special Prosecutor that the Chief Justice is unable to accede to the office of the Special Prosecutor's request for His Lordship Justice Edward to be recused and removed from all cases involving the OSP pending before him. Um, so when are we back in court? We are back in court on the 8th of November where it is expected that the two parties will be present and one key issue that is on the table is the application for the confirmation of the freezing of the bank account and a seizure of the property of Madam Zislada Park. Okay, so what would this really mean uh, for the trial going forward? Uh, lawyer Bobby Bunsen joins us on the line right now. Mr. Bunsen, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. The OSP uh, will still have to appear before the same judge. The judge is complained about. He wanted this judge removed. Uh, will that have any implications for the case itself? Good evening, Evans. Um, good evening to your listeners. Um, normally, it should not, um, because judges, lawyers may disagree on the manner in which a certain, a certain um, legal proposition is spelled out, but it's not personal. And so I believe the OSP's um, petition to the Chief Justice may not be a personal thing he has against the judge, and I expect the judge to continue to discharge his obligations very professionally. These things happen in the course of our work. And so it, it, I don't think it would, it would in any way influence the outcome or the rulings by the judge. The judge's ruling will be, or justice is dispensed in accordance with case law, statute, and well-defined practice. And I believe the judge will do just that. You know, this case, yes, it has to be decided in the court of competent jurisdiction, but there's also a huge chunk of this, which is also court of public opinion. Uh, yes, it shouldn't affect what happens in court, but we know it's not as straightforward as that. Now that this is out there, uh, OSP complains about the judge, a certain perception that begins to form in the minds of people uh, that he's going to sit on this case already. There's a certain poison environment in which this is now going to play out. Well, we cannot take the human element out of it. Um, but like I said, judges, lawyers are professionals. And so even though the emotional aspect, the, there's a temptation there, it cannot feature or influence the decision. Remember, the, if a high court judge gives a decision, it may go in favor of the ASP or it may go in favor of Madame Cecilia Dapa. Either party has a right to appeal against it to the appellate court. So if your decision is not grounded on law, the probability of it being overturned on appeal is high. And a judge would not want his judgment to be overturned on appeal on the basis that he didn't ground or he grounded it in other matters apart from law. Mr. Martin, thanks for your time uh, here on Newsnight.
Well, let's turn our attention to some other stories now. And the NPP majority in parliament uh, this evening tearing into what they describe as the propaganda by their NDC colleagues against the National Investment Bank, that's the NIB. The minority at a news conference, you recall, a few weeks ago, uh, took on top management of the NIB, whom they accused of being incompetent. But their colleagues in the majority are pushing back. First, listen to minority spokesperson on finance, Isaac Adongo, at the news conference. Unless there's an ulterior motive, they should come. The minority will give them a group of people to go there and work for free. With a clear mandate, no interference, and NIB will be the most viable bank, the most well-capitalized bank, and the most liquid bank in Ghana. It is clear that this is not about the interest of NIB. This is the last step towards passing through the back door to acquire NIB and ADB for themselves. But responding at the Arrow News Conference today, Majority Chief Whip Frank Anodompre described the conduct and allegations of their colleagues as unpatriotic and meant to run down the bank. These allegations, especially I'll caution you when we are going uh, next year, we are going into elections. I'm sure there is going to be a lot of such malicious uh, lies being put out. I am not aware. As a government, maybe there is any going, there's going to be any sell-off in, to use your own words, this is, there's going to be any sell-off. Um, I sure would have had that privileged information. There is nothing like that as we speak. If they have evidence that there's going to be a sell-off, why don't they put that in the public? We want to challenge the minority. If there is an intention like that, which you describe as an they should come and tell us and give us evidence and save us from all these rumor-mongering, wild goose chains. You see, my, my concern is that if we are not careful, we'll run down the bank. No financial institution is run with propaganda. It will not succeed. Uh, the ranking member, I'm sure if he had knocked the door of the MD to find out answers to these concerns, he would have been provided with the answer. There is no sinister move to sell off the bank. I will support an effort to recapitalize and to saw up its, um, its treasury, other than a sell-off. And I don't think the government has come to that position of a sell-off yet. So treat it with the contempt it, des it deserves, and just throw it overboard. I'm sure uh, Adongo was in one of his mood, and he got it all wrong. I think what the, the minority should do is that the financial sector has its own variabilities. And as such, if you are making commentaries about a bank, you need to be careful, and you need to get your facts right. Our colleague, the minority ranking member of finance, we think he got it all wrong. It is never true that the treasury of the NIB bank is not functioning. So the least our colleagues can do is to at least be careful when you are commenting about a bank that is mandated by law. But will the majority in parliament support any move to merge ADB and NIB? Frank Anadon says NIB is a special bank with a special purpose and must be allowed to stand on its own. You see, there is no bank that is specifically mandated to support industry. Agri Development Bank, no. GCB, no. But NIB is mandated specific, specific, finito, on industry. And therefore, if we go and we are you know, stretching hands to development bank, it will be, it will be undermined. The core mandate will be undermined. And for, that's my personal belief. It will not help to achieve what we are seeking to achieve. 
Well, let's bring in uh, banking consultant Dr. Rich Monetuahini. At least he's been following this particular NIB ADB issues closely. We are grateful for your time here on Newsnight. So it appears that uh, the majority and the minority agree on one thing, even though there are concerns about falsehood amongst others, that NIB must be allowed to stand on its own. But we know that the NIB has well-documented issues. How then do we move on? How do we resolve this? Thank you very much. Mm. I think uh, if I will start the story, I mean, where, where did it, why have they gone to that position? Who started it? How has it? Why, why, why have we let it get to the position of merging and not moving? I mean, it's all about it's all about the governance system that we put in place in the various banks. You know, banks the banks are not run like uh, a bank that is supposed to perform its mandate. Unfortunately, NIB's mandate, as the earlier speaker said, is for industry. And let me even put it right. Agric is also for Agric. The original mandate of Agric, if you check it, 1965, it was set to support Agric and agro-businesses. But somewhere along the line, 2003, when the government decided to adopt what we call universal banking, they decided to run over those uh, the the development banks. So this development bank has not been playing the role as far back as in 2002, 2003 today. It's been going on. So I'm not surprised that people are saying that, but originally, as it was t- uh, set up by the act, I believe that NIB and ADB should be reclassified to come out from the investor banking because that is not a core mandate. And I'm not sure when they change it to investor banking. They even revoked the law. So now that we are talking about it, let us make sure that the law which set NIB is upright and also supported. Uh, capital, we must find, we have just said development bank, review. I don't think it was, there was no need for it. All that we have, we should have done our homework with NIB in a day and given them the, the re-mandate, the mandate to do what it was actually, actually set up to do. But unfortunately, Anytime we do these things, we play politics about it. We don't look at the in-depth, the, 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 what was the reason why Dr. Kwame Nkuma set it down. So for me, I support the arguments, but they, we shouldn't, as we're saying, we shouldn't let falsehood come in and who are maligning people. It's an issue because, you see, anything bank goes on banking, it is only maybe in this country where confidence doesn't go down. In other jurisdictions, depositors would have run down the banks. They would have gone for their money. And that would have sent us a big, big signal to the industry. So I believe everybody should tone down. The minister and his team should sit back again and reflect. Can't we do anything about reviving NID and giving the core mandate which was set up to do it? If we do that, I mean, we are talking about agric. I mean, look at the percent investment in agric in Ghana. Even the agric bank investment in a bad break. It's nothing to write home about. I believe that as a nation which talks about development, we should make sure that these developments are really, really capitalized and also have a better governance system. Mm. I want to stress the governance system. The, gov- the governance system in Ghanaian banks, sorry to say, including what has been set up now or now, they are, they are not the best you can talk about. It's, it's, it's the, the people, I mean, the people sitting in affairs of the banks are all politicians. And when they go there, they are not professional bankers. Neither are they professional accountants. So they go there and they sing uh, the politics voice and that is it. 
And by the time we realize, the bank has suffered. Mm. So let us begin to think that governance is very, very key mm. in setting up the, the, the bank. Dr. Chahine, we are grateful for your time. And of course, the conversation on reclassification of these banks, I'm sure, uh, will just get started. Thank you so much. Um, let's do some other stories before we go for business. Or oh, we'll do business first. Okay, we'll go to George Riafe uh, with the latest from the world of business. Yeah, George, but I'm looking forward to yeah, sure. this, this, today's episode of Fear Delegates. Mm-hmm. We are in the Ashanti region. That's where the hotbed <laughs> of MPP political activity is. We hear from the... Uh, are you aspiring to be any? No, 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 anywhere near. No, 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 no. I mean, politics. No, 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 not at all. Not at so all. So you don't have to deal with delegates. No, I don't think so. Maybe when it comes oh, to so. a vibe for a position at the WTO, maybe okay. in Future World Bank, you will still okay. have to deal with delegates. You don't know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but those delegates you can trust, or that's delegates. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to United Nations General Secretary, yeah. There's intense fear. lobbying, even yeah. at the undersecretary level and all the rest. You have to deal with countries lobbying and all the rest, and you have to fear them, even in the business space. Oh, I see. Okay, we'll hear from the delegates in Ashanti region when we return. Specifically, we will be in Nechima, in Wabija, North Constituency in the region, and hear from them. George, what do you have in the headlines? Well, Evans, coming up, IMF insists Ghana is not out of the woods yet, despite showing signs of stability when it comes to the economy. And government makes significant progress towards the establishment of new national career for the country. We hear from the Deputy Minister of uh, Transport. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Kingdom Books and Stationery, Syntax Tangs and Pepsident, Charcoal and Herbal. Imagine strutting into the most anticipated wedding of the year. Only to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfit. special and one of a kind and that's why whether it's voice data or sms you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with mtn just for you dial star 141 hash or select your options on the my mtn app to redeem your unique just for you package on ghana's best mobile network mtn Hooray! The Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited's Back to School promotion is here with us once again. From the 4th of September to the 31st of October 2023, Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited is giving a generous 10% to 15% discount on all school items like textbooks, pens, pencils, erasers, exercise books, and so much more across all our branches in Accra, Tema, Kumasi, Takradi, Winnebine, Cape Coast. Parents, teachers, and students, please hurry while stock lasts. For more information, call us on 0302-764-101 or 0302-764-209 or email info at kingdomgh.com. You can also visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Kingdom Books, where quality and affordability are both assured. Terms and conditions apply. For over 10 years, Old Mutual has been touching lives in Ghana. Whether you're a trader or a student, an entrepreneur, 
or an employer or nearing your retirement, we have the right financial solutions tailored just for you. Contact Old Mutual on 030-7000-600 or visit our website on oldmutual.com.gh to learn more. And let's realize your financial freedom together. 10 years of greatness, here for a lifetime. Old Mutual, do great things every day. No matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of 7 years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. I'm a you welcome back to business on news nights now the imf has maintained that the economic challenges facing the country is far from over despite showing signs of stability it follows comments by some government officials that the economy has turned the economy following Fresh data by the IMF mission chief Stefan Rode says there's still some work to be done. The situation is improving. It is improving significantly, but a lot of work still has to be done to fully restore macroeconomic stability. We don't want to see 40% uh, inflation. The Central Bank of Ghana does not want to see 40% inflation. Everyone is working very hard to make sure that inflation goes back towards the central bank uh, target over time to, to, to 8%. But we have to acknowledge that you know things cannot be resolved from one day to another. It takes time. But we are taking... Um, uh, you know, we, we are we are very satisfied with the fact that we see the program working. Mm. We see that the the macroeconomic outcomes based on the data that we see are consistent with an improvement. Mm. Um, more needs to be done. The program needs to be, con you know, the implementation of the program needs to be strong, not just in the f past but also in the future. Mm. Uh, but if if this is indeed the case, we are very confident that we will continue to see an improvement going forward. 
Stephen Rode is the mission chief for Ghana. Now, government says it has made some significant progress towards the establishment of a new national carrier for the country, the new airline, which is in partnership between government and a private firm, is currently waiting for the final license to be issued by the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority before it can take off. The Deputy Minister of Transport, Alhassan Temple, has been given more details on the progress made by the new carrier for it to be operational. Yes, we have gone into an agreement with a private, you know, uh, group. And uh, we've signed a partnership, uh, what, shareholders agreement with them. We've incorporated the company. Um, Ghana Civil Aviation has granted them the first level of license. We are now waiting for the company to identify the type of aircraft that they will use. And then final licensing will be awarded when civil aviation has gone to inspect those aircrafts. Then we can outdoor. But for now, we are still in the incubation stage. And then at the right time... Are they the timelines next year, next quarter? Oh, I'm not able to immediately say whether because there's a amount of due diligence that we have to do on the private company and they also have to do on us. And also to be able to assess our bilateral air services agreement to see which routes are still available to Ghana. So they have to do all these, you know, calculations to be able to understand the business model that they are going to apply as far as, as, far as you know, partnering with government is concerned. Deputy Minister for Transport, Alhassan Tampoli. Now, Bank of Ghana is taking some extra measures to help deal with the recent pressure on the Ghana city. Central Bank is expected to sell some $20 million to the bulk importers of petroleum products tomorrow. There is more in this business tax report. The auction, according to some analysts, might be coming at a very important time looking at the current pressure on the Ghana city. Demand for dollars by the bulk oil distribution firms to finance imports is believed to be one of the reasons that has led to the recent challenges with the city. This is because the central bank has been off the market when it comes to meeting the demands of these companies to finance their import. Therefore, this timely action targeted at these importers may go a long way to help slow the rate of depreciation of the Ghana city against the US dollar over the past two weeks. Some analysts that Joy Business have engaged have argued that the outlook of the Ghana city is favorable, looking at the expected inflows from the Cocoa Loan Syndication in the coming days, as well as support coming from the IMF and the World Bank at the end of next month. The Bank of Ghana has also argued that there's no need to panic as the necessary measures will be taken to stabilize the local currency. Some have also argued that the pickup in economic activities, especially when it comes to the importation for the Christmas festivities, is one of the reasons for the city's challenge. And that is a business tax report. Now, team leader in charge of employment and skills development in Africa, GIZ Ghana, John DT, is making a strong case for government to have a clear policy direction to support the informal sector. He spoke to Joy Business at the closing event of Women Entrepreneurs for Africa Project Ghana. The future lies in supporting SMEs, particularly women. My policy recommendation for government is to do good targeting, to really target those who really need support and have patience for them to grow. John DT is the team lead in charge of employment and skills development in at 
Africa, that is GIZ Ghana. Some stakeholders within the e-commerce space are calling on businesses to be heavier on promoting financial literacy. According to the sub-regional director for Killnet, this is key in empowering young people to acquire more skills for economic growth. He spoke to Joy Business at the launch of Killnet Fin Green Programme. Financial illiteracy is a true plague in our economies. As I said it in my speech a little earlier, um, 70 to 80 percent of the economic uh, uh, fabric is in the informal sector. And it is, it is of utmost importance that we reverse those proportions. And in, by so doing, it is also important that people are financially literate. Ben Fall is the Sub-Saharan Regional Director for QNET. And if you go to the stock market, MTD, MTN today lost a peso to close at one Ghana City, 44 pesos. If you had invested on the stock market from January to now, your investment have reached almost 30%. And that's all for Business on Newsnight. Back to you, MFA and events. Thank you very much, um, George. We are fit. <laughs> now, there's um, a number of messages uh, that we would have to go through. Let's um, take this one from Senna, uh, from uh, Agonu Poplote. He says, the OSP has the right to petition the Chief Justice, so she must uh, remove the judge. And um, Okay, so that's um, his comment on the OSP's petition. We have this one from Nane Kuyamua Bwating in Ablikuma Central. says, I really do not understand why the special prosecutor wants to change the judge when the judge's ruling did not go in his favor. If that is what every citizen whose matter is determined by a judge and is not happy can petition Chief Justice to remove the judge. Well, Kisir Jabing has really surprised me lately. That's um, Nana Ikuyamwa Boating's um, statement or comment there. We have this one from Musa Abatwa all the way from Aswasi in the Ashanti region. It says, even before the OSP started the prosecution, Cecilia Dapa has been cleared of no wrongdoing by the clearing. So I'm not surprised to hear Chief Justice um, declining OSP's request um, some of your your messages um, so uh, we'll, we'll take uh, we'll get into politics now and um, this evening And indeed, this is your election headquarters. We are counting down to November 4. Mm -hmm. And MFI is going to be on the ground from the election headquarters here, but also at the MPP's own headquarters. And last time you were at the <laughs> EC headquarters as well. So you like headquarters. So yeah, that's what you do. Because well, I work with the election headquarters. Exactly. <laughs> you, just, you just go to where the headquarters is. Yeah. And you can find on the ground on, on the November 4. But here's the thing, though. Uh, as we campaign, the campaigns go on. Uh, among the various aspirants, one group of individuals are really most powerful. Most powerful, and they're really showing that indeed you—they are the kingmakers. Of course, you cannot get to the promised land if you don't go through them. They are the delegates, and as we've been talking about in the last uh, this week, indeed, you have to fear them. It was Sir John who made that uh, phrase very popular. Mm -hmm. We brought you the first one uh, when we went to the Upper East region. Upper East region. Well, in the party's stronghold of the Shanti region, the delegates have been talking to us. We're getting to know who they are, uh, the things that will move them, and what will influence the decision. In the Ichima in Wabeja North constituency in the Shanti region, ahead of the presidential primary, my colleague Nana Bwachi Yadom has been interacting with these delegates. 
will not say fear delegates, fear human beings. Because the delegates haven't come from a different planet. Their delegates are all human beings. Some are even my relatives. For all you know, you, even the interviewer, you are also a delegate. So I could also be afraid of you. November 4th, delegates across the country will be going to their various polling stations to elect a flag bearer for the new patriotic party going into the 2024 general elections. But let's get interactive with some of these delegates from the Achuman Wabeja North constituency. Fear delegates, they say, but is that still the case? Openi, Sir John, say fear delegates. Okanimre, Chemo, Edasu Yeguma. Yeah, also, I'm going to tell you, say, Aspirants must have this in mind. Those who follow them are even more dangerous. The MP even gets disappointed during parliamentary election. Even if you contest against your children, some will go against you. Parkwesi Indu is a clear example. Delegates are dangerous. Delegates. Yes, fear delegates, just as my brother said. It will be there forever, so aspirants must come with a convincing message that can influence us. The aspirants come with a single message, but everything we will do as delegates is in our mind. So for me, I don't believe it still exists. For me, I believe it exists, but it will continue to be in existence until rapture because the aspirants are plenty. So these are the opinions of some of these delegates we interacted with here at the Achuman Wabija North constituency. For some of them, they do believe that fear delegates still exist. Others think otherwise. But going into the November 4th election, they have sent a clear message to these aspirants. For Joy News, my name is Nana Bwachidankwe Yadom. You know, now you ask a child when you grow up, what do you want to be? Delegate. <laughs> want to be a delegate. <laughs> and, make, and, and for the MPP in particular, they have a few more primaries to go. Mm-hmm. The parliamentary primary, the, the, you know, that, that is in itself is separated into two. You have the yeah. primaries in the orphan constitution, primaries in constitutions where they have MPs. a sitting members of parliament. So, so when you are a delegate in the MPP in this time, <laughs> yeah, do you want to change profession? No. I love my job. But it's interesting, as we've been hearing, they actually are professionals. You know, on Monday we had some of them. An accountant, for example, Mm -hmm. teachers. 
and they also you know play this very important role in the parties you are live here it's your election headquarters is news night on joy 99.7 fm now the most vulnerable segments of the population children and the elderly are facing a growing threat from a silent and invisible killer air pollution. Health experts in the country are sounding the alarm, calling on government and citizens uh, to combat these deadly pollutants. Michael Lashali brings you the latest in our ongoing coverage of the critical issue of air quality in Ghana. It's not easy. It's, 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 a, it's a difficult moment. It's challenging breathing, especially at night when, when you are asleep. Ruben Alexander has asthma, a life-threatening illness that constricts airways. Now 44 and an accountant with the University of Ghana Medical School in Kolibu. Otu says he was first diagnosed as a child. It was not a big surprise. Otu's mother had fought asthma for years before it finally took her life. Soon after, Otu's doctors told him he too had the disease. From the carbon-fueled engines, not even his nose mask can save him. Protect myself from the the dust in the system, um, the dust in the weather conditions in around here. It would it would help me to at least have a clean breath. And especially when I use the trout trot and stuff, you'd people might come in with um, 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 all sorts of perfumes in which might not be that best for me. Air pollution uh, has been associated with several diseases, uh, notably respiratory diseases. Uh, acute ones as well as chronic respiratory disorders, uh, lung function disorders, cardiovascular uh, diseases, and even in recent times there are linkages with um, adverse reproductive health outcomes like um, miscarriages, um, low birth with premature deaths, uh, births and uh, um, infertility in males. And you want to uh, watch the full uh, episode of the Clean Air Report, all brought to you by New Narratives. It's on, across our social media platforms and also on the Journey channel as well. Okay. Well, um, the IGP, Dr. George Kufunapare, has been speaking today and he's been defending the decision to prevent Democracy Hub from occupying the Jubilee House. Now, he explained that the demonstration in 2014 by Occupy Ghana was only a name but not directed at the Jubilee House and therefore cannot serve as a precedent for accusing the police of suppressing protesters. Dr. George Kufunapare, however, indicated that the protesters were arrested after they attempted to take advantage of the proximity of the demonstration grounds so the Jubilee House. Well, he's been responding to questions on public safety from members of the Trade Union Congress during an engagement. So how did they occupy the flash house in 2014 and now they cannot occupy it today? And that is the consistency thing I'm looking at. You may have some information, intel you may not be able to disclose. The reason why you may think that today it cannot. But you must at some level try to explain because you are telling us that you cannot allow people to do demonstration at the flash tower. But we have a history where people have occupied the flash tower before. And I think that it is important that in doing your work, consistency is important. And I would like to start by saying that a fundamental thing that came out was the issue of consistency. And the consistency bit came from two fronts, my big brother who spoke first and my brother who also later anchored that point about the fact that 2014 there was an issue of um, Occupy Flaster House. 
which almost nine years now. So if we are not careful, nine years time, if we are not here, then there will be another meeting saying that, why are you stopping people for going to Jubilee House? Because nine years ago, which is today, there was a demonstration called Occupy Jubilee House. So there is one thing having the intention and naming our name, and another thing, it happened at the location that we had it. 2014, nobody occupied the Jubilee House. It was in name. And they did a demonstration, and it was around Professor Madame of Wasseladans Park. And some of them made an attempt to run to the Jubilee House, and they were stopped at Afrikiko interchange we have engagement and we worked on it and i think by that time my brother lawyer kofi bento was also even in the group so we want that clarity to be there you know there have also been allegations that people were brutalized mm -hmm. as part of the process he's been speaking to that too recently there was some demonstration that they said they want to demonstrate for three days or thereabout. we went through a process based on what they want us to do we served them they said they still want to demonstrate then you saw that the police went there and then they said now what he's doing is unlawful gathering so they picked about eight people up just to discourage even people from throwing up the mall so that at the end of the day we wait for the court to make a determination as to how the demonstration should go as soon as they were arrested they went around making all sorts of allegations and all sorts of noise and said police have brutalized us they have done this have done that have done that I took it upon myself the following day to meet their leaders, some of them, and told them that if we have respected the process and allowed the court to tell us how we should go about, we won't get to where we are getting to. But because we have succeeded with all the propaganda and convincing the public that as if we are against you demonstrating, and also the lies about the fact that police have brutalized you, we will let you continue the demonstration. And you let you finish with all the days that you want to come, I mean, do the demonstration. But I will challenge you to bring any evidence that speaks to the fact that you were brutalized, as I speak, after months of completing that demonstration to today. Not a shred of evidence have been brought up to indicate that police have been brutalized. But until I, I told you this, and you being here, you would have had the mindset, based on what they were spelling out there, that they were brutalized. It was never so. IGP Dr. George Ekufu Dampare and come Tuesday, we're expecting this. And it's the all final, Sam, uh, for the National Science and Mass Quiz on Tuesday. But ahead of this, at the outset, we all know that 147 schools ventured into the intellectual arena. Including the second school in the water region. Ola girls. Ola where did you go? Where, where, where was Oto? You have to talk about but Ola. we progressed further than you did. Are you kidding me? Okay. Go and check your record. Where, where did you exit? You, where, where did you exit? Go and check your record. <laughs> two blind men fighting over who went out first. Okay, go on. Well, we are focusing uh, tonight on girls' school, of course, including Ola girls. But this time, we are focusing on Wesley girls, St. Louis. Uh, they continue to break boundaries in spite of Ola girls falling out amongst others. My colleague Jacqueline Gansmayewa has more in this report.
Once denied their seed, rose from the ashes. Austin three time champion St. Peter's in a blaze of determination. Wesley Girls Senior High School's journey, a testament to resilience, led them to the semi final. Eyes fixed on a historic victory, aiming to etch their name as the first all girls school to clinch the National Science and Mass Quiz title. If it's girls will fast to get the finals, we'll get there, and then if it's will to fast to win, we'll also win. Their dreams, however, met an obstacle in the form of Achimota. Wesley Girls High School, thank you for being here as well. You also came all the way from the prelims. Unfortunately, we must say goodbye. Meanwhile, St. Louis SHS back on a meteoric accent toppling reigning champions at Desidel College and our class in Kumase Anglican School. And as the old Spanish saying goes, Kisera, Sera, what will be, will be. The school's first ever National Science and Mass Quiz contestant from 1994, now a teacher, Rose Aisibona, beamed with pride, heralding the immense another's comeback brought to their legacy. Um, I'm so excited that at long last we've got into this stage. During our time, we got to this stage and were eliminated. As the anticipation builds and the tension thickens, the destiny of these all-girls schools have remained uncertain, with none qualifying to the finale, leaving the question lingering, which of these three remaining schools will emerge victorious in the 30th edition of the National Science and Math Quiz? For Joy News, Jacqueline Asma Iaboa. And we're getting ready for Monday for the finals of the National Science and Math Quiz. Is Presec, uh, where we all go for Saturday class, what, the you science are, classes. Are. Oh, that's where you were also going. Well, we you had, are attending your science classes. Science classes when you're on holidays. Science yeah. we, also, classes. We, had a, we had a very effective science so you I mean, well, how's that going for you now, honey? Because <laughs> um, like, you're not in the I'm finals, I'm you're not in the, the semi-finals, were you in the quarter-finals? But actually, Mota is in the finals as well. Yeah. And then Uwas, also in there. Okay, so uh, it's Monday. Yes, Monday. Mr. Well-equipped science life. <laughs> <laughs> you like it like that? Give me Lola. Oh my God! Mr. Well Equipped Science Class. Wow, anyway. shade. All mm. right. Well, um, you guys are going, and we're taking over. Strong and, and sassy. sassy. So we're continuing. Well, this is the last um, part of our breast cancer series, and today we're we're going to spend time with a doctor, a surgeon, uh-huh. Dr. Josephine and Safo. Because over the past four weeks, there've been a lot of questions and concerns. Screenings, Should we come? <laughs> no, please screen in your house. <laughs> <laughs> screening your houses um, so that's it we're concluding our breast cancer awareness month okay we look forward to it stay with anyone <laughs>